Section 12 of Buff, A Collie, and Other Dog Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Denise Nordell. Buff, A Collie, and Other Dog Stories by Albert Payson Terhune. Human Interest Stuff, Part 1. Happiness to Jeff Titus had become a fine art. It had become so when he married Eve Wallace, a little wisp of a city girl who had come to the Kentucky mountain hinterland to cure a set of weak lungs, and who had not only wedded but well-nigh civilized the lanky young mountaineer. Happiness had remained a fine art for Jeff, up there on his bare hillside farm with Eve. It had remained so, for the most part, ever since his wedding. And now, in a single breath, happiness had taken a place among the lost arts. The single breath had been supplied by a sour east wind which had smitten Eve as she stood in the shack dooryard waiting for her husband's homecoming. She was thinly clad, and she was in a perspiration from working in her flower garden. Her lungs were still weak. The east wind did the rest. By night she had a heavy cold. The third morning pneumonia flung out its flaming red no-surrender signal on each of her fever-scorched cheeks, and life to Jeff Titus all at once became a horror a frightened anguish gripped him by the throat and shook him to the bewildered soul as he crouched night after night beside the slab bed where tossed and muttered the delirious little wisp of a woman who was at once his mate and his saint eve was so tiny so fragile so good it wasn't fair that this bullying unseen spirit of illness should torture and harry her and sap the life of her while the man who right blithely would have burned to a crisp to please her sat helpless at the bedside, unable to do a thing to drive forth the damnable visitant. Jeff Titus dwelt upon the theme of his own impotence to save her. He swore venomously, and in the peculiarly hideous diction of Kentucky Mountaineer blasphemy. There were doctors, of course, in the county seat of Danica, thirty-two miles away, but they might as well have been in Austria for all the good they could do the sick girl jeff could not desert eve to go in quest of such a physician nor could he send one of his mile distant neighbors he knew that it would be of no use those city doctors had no convenient means of getting over the thirty-odd miles of half inaccessible trail to his hinterland farm assuredly none of them was going to make the journey on foot or on muleback leaving his town practice for days at the behest of a hillbilly who perhaps could not or would not pay for the sacrifice meantime eve was growing worse steadily worse even the ignorant Jeff could see that. So, apparently, could the only sharer of his day and night vigils, a huge and lion-like dog which lay pressed close to the far side of the bed, and which all Titus's commands could not keep out of the sick-room. This dog, Robin Adair, was the joy of Eve's heart, or he had been when her heart could still hold joy and not merely fever and delirium. One of Eve's ragged hillbilly admirers had given the dog to her. In the old days, when Robin was a roly-poly mass of tawny brown fluff no bigger than a Persian cat. The dog had grown into a shaggy giant. A passing seed catalogue man had told Eve he was a collie, a breed of which she had heard in a vague fashion as emanating from Scotland, and she had named him Robin Adair, after the hero of a Scotch song her mother had been wont to sing. He was Robin, for short. When she had married Jeff Titus, she had brought her beloved collie to live at the mountain shack. From the moment his mistress fell ill, Robin had not once willingly stirred from her bedside. Drinking little, eating nothing, the great dog had lain there, his sorrowing brown eyes fixed on the small white figure in the big slab bed. But of late he was beginning to vary the vigil by low-voiced whines from time to time, and once or twice his huge body quivered as if in physical pain. 
it was on the dawn of the fourth day that robin got to his feet with a leap and pointing his heavy muzzle skyward set the still room to reverberating with a yell that was nothing short of unearthly jeff starting from his days of misery made as though to throttle the brute that had broken in on the invalid's unresting rest then remembering eve's affection for the collie he contented himself with picking robin up bodily and bearing him towards the door with the intent of putting him out of the house the door before jeff could reach it was flung open from outside on the threshold stood a ramrod-like figure in rusty black the caller was the reverend ephraim stair methodist circuit rider for the upstate counties and a man whose brain and heart had long since made him the blindly obeyed autocrat of his scattered mountain flock what's wrong titus was his wondering greeting as his sharp old eyes flashed from the man with the big dog in his arms to the eternally whispering little form on the bed i heard a scream as i was riding past and oh parson gasped jeff in babbling relief dumping robin on the puncheon floor and gripping the circuit rider by both hands for god's sake do something for her she acts like like she ain't going to get well none loud through the mountains were the praises of stairs medical lore many were the tales of sick folk he had cured when the old women had given them up and had begun gruesomely relishful preparations for the funeral jeff titus clutched at his unexpected presence as at a life-belt half in superstitious awe he glanced at the dog whose providential screech had made the clergyman halt in his brisk ride from one county seat to the next meantime stair had crossed to the bed and on his knees beside it was examining the stricken eve jeff came up behind him standing awkwardly and with open mouth in expectation of some miracle but no miracle was vouchsafed instead the clergyman asked one or two questions as to the illness's course felt the patient's pulse and her torrid cheek then ordered his host to go and fetch his saddle-bags my medicine kit is in them he explained and you can stable my horse too i'm going to stay she's she's going to get on all right now you're here ain't she pleaded titus ingratiatingly pausing at the door get my saddle-bags was the non-committal retort jump then you can heat some water wait before you go open those windows and leave the door open isn't this poor child having enough trouble in breathing without your sealing the room hermetically sick folks hadn't oughter to let have cold air touch em i've allus heard jeff defended himself nevertheless obeying it gives em it gives them life retorted stair now get those saddle-bags next morning eve was perceptibly worse the breathing was more labored the fever blazed higher this in spite of stair and his ceaseless ministrations stark despair tore at the husband's throat following stair as the circuit rider left the room for a moment to wash his hands at the pump titus demanded fiercely she's a-aimin to die ain't she spit out the truth man i got a right to hear it i can't say answered stair taking no offence at the furious manner she is in the midst of the crisis now it is the turning-point in such cases if she rallies from that meanwhile we can only hope and work it's in god's hands she in god's hands mocked jeff wildly in god's hands hey you're god a-mighty fond of blattin about god parson but i take notice he ain't a-doin nothin for that poor sick gal o' mine in yonder why ain't he where is he anyhow if he can't he is here answered stair very quietly here and in that delirious girl's room back there he is wherever his children cry out to him in sorrow and pain just as in your inmost heart you are crying to him now if his children are too deaf or too scared or too noisy in their grief to know he has come at their call then the fault is with their own stupidity and not with the all-pitying father who is carrying them through the ordeal he pushed past the mouthing titus and went back to his post in the sick-room on the second morning eve was in a heavy sleep her once parched forehead was moist stare with a jerk of his thumb motioned jeff out into the dooryard 
on his withered face was the glow of a conqueror harshly as if in doubt of his own self-control the circuit rider said the crisis is past she has turned the corner i think she will live the rest depends on nursing on building her up you may thank god if you care to or if you still think he hasn't been here if he ain't choked titus ecstatically he sent a damn fine substitute meanin no disrespect i i reckon parson i, I reckon y'alls know how small i feel bout blabbin like i did and and oh you're dead sure she's a-goin to live there there ain't there ain't nothin i can say but but incontinently jeff titus bolted around the side of the house and out of sight into the woods when he returned an hour later he was carrying a half-armful of kindling circumstantially and at some length he explained to stare that he had spent the entire hour in looking for it stare accepted the explanation in grave credulity and forbore to glance towards the high-piled heap of kindling in the woodshed at noon eve awoke she was very weak very tired very thin and big-eyed but she was alive and in Jeff's heart there was something that made him yearn to howl aloud in rapture and roll on the grass, and to join the church all over again, and to thrash some mystical man for speaking mythical ill of Ephraim Stair, and to turn over his farm and his savings to foreign missions, and to get very drunk indeed, and to buy Eve a gold watch. Being a Kentucky mountaineer and a Titus to boot, he contented himself with grinning down upon his sick wife, and grunting, "'Feel better?' that's nice be all right pretty soon now reckon i'd best be gettin in some more wood before it rains so long robin adair like his master knew eve was on the way to health again but being only a dog and not a mountaineer robin did not sneak out of the house to hide his emotion he stood beside the bed his dark eyes aglow his furry bulk quivering all over with puppyish joy and wagging his plumed tail frantically every time his mistress looked at him one evening a few days later the two men were smoking together in the dooryard before turning in eve had been made comfortable for the night and was asleep she had gained a little ground but her convalescence was maddeningly slow and uncertain to jeff the horror of the past fortnight or so had left him nerve-shaken in spite of all stair's assurances he could not throw off his fear for her safety she's been through a terrible illness patiently explained stare for the hundredth time her body and her mind are exhausted she lies there like that because she is resting she is resting because nature is making her rest she is steadily getting better bar accidents she is practically out of danger her strength is beginning to seep back too it would come back faster of course if she could rally her tired mind to some great interest in life something that wouldn't tire or excite her too much it would help mother nature along an interest in life is a wonderful aid in convalescence a bit of unexpected good news for instance good news hey mused jeff his bony hands supporting his leathern face as he cogitated good news hm yes returned stare that or something pleasant to look forward to when she's well enough you might take her to Danica or somewhere for a little outing tell her so it may brighten her to nope dissented jeff it wouldn't i tried to-day told her she must get well right smart now so's we could have a jauntin somewheres she said she was so tired she reckoned she'd just stay quiet to home a spell it didn't brace her a wee peckle funny too cos just before she was took sick she and me was projectin a whole lot on a trip we was plannin to make she'd got her heart real sot on it kind of southern she'd read in the Danica chronicle the fall county fair is on to Danica this week you know and the chronicle told on how they're lottin on holdin the state dog show there the fourth day of the fair that's the day after tomorrow the chronicle said there was to be real silver cups offered for best dogs of a lot of breeds collies was one of the breeds it spoke about 
well asked stair in no special interest as jeff paused wall went on the mountaineer sheepishly y'all know how much store eve sets by robin here she thinks he's just the finest dog on this yer planet she was a-sayin there couldn't be no finer dog in the collie bunch at the show than what robin is and she was honin for us to take him down there and let him get a chance at that silver cup while whatever eve hones for she's a-goin to get if it's gettable and if i'm in a reach to get it for her so i agreed we'd take robin to the show she was all het up over the idea of a-gettin that ere cup and she was a-sayin' how granted to be to have the paper print robin's name as winnin it so she could send a copy of the paper down to her folks down louisville way and all that well that's all there is to it he ended with a loud sigh why is that all there is to it demanded stair with sudden inspiration why can't you take the dog down to the show yourself if he really has a chance for the cup that cup and the notice in the paper would do more to stir eve up and to renew her interest in life than any other good news i can think of and it'll be something to look forward to go ahead and do it good oh good exulted a feeble little voice in the room behind them eve had waked during their talk and in her tones as she applauded the plan rang the first interest she had shown since the beginning of her illness stair listening shut his thin lips on a belated objection that had come into his mind while the mountaineer was applauding his chance suggestion it had just occurred to the circuit rider that if robin should not be adjudged worthy of the cup the disappointment was likely to do the invalid more harm than a week of nursing could counteract but it was too late to voice that warning now eve had heard eve was pathetically eager over the scheme and kicking himself mentally for his own impulsiveness the clergyman held his peace he knew nothing about dogs from a show standpoint and mightily he hoped eve's estimate of her pet might be correct but he doubted more and more he doubted collies fit to win silver cups do not often find their way into the mountaineer cabins in the kentucky hinterland timidly stair sought to wet blanket the venture but again he was too late at last eve had the desired interest in life an interest that threatened to bring back her fever the dog show virus is potent as any exhibitor can testify it has a mystic lure jeff once he grasped the idea was swept off his feet by it the fall county fair at denica had begun its fourth day that day's star feature was to be the all breeds dog show to be held in the agricultural building a gratifying number of dogs was benched in the main hall of the ramshackle structure early on the morning of the show two stewards were busy receiving the fast-arriving entrants assigning to them their places in the double aisles of wire partitioned and straw-littered benches and assessing latecomers the usual extra fees for post entries to these grievously overworked functionaries in the thick of their labors appeared a lanky farmer of the true mountaineer type he was clad in store clothes that sat on his angular figure as might a horse blanket on a washboard by a rope the hillbilly led a large and shaggy dog whose rough tawny coat had been washed and brushed until it shone like bronze and fluffed out like the hair of a circassian beauty collie dog announced jeff owned by ms jeff titus entered for the silver cup patiently the stewards explained to him that a dog must be entered for one or more of the show's regular classes and that the coveted silver cup was to go to the collie adjudged best in the whole show they also informed jeff that as his was a post entry it would cost him an extra fifty cents to exhibit his dog he was told that in addition to this it would cost him a dollar for every class in which he might enter robin as most of this was greek to the puzzled exhibitor one of the stewards asked if the dog had ever before been shown on receiving a negative answer he took one look at the uninterested robin and suggested he be entered for the novice class alone as soon as he could be made to understand that a collie winning in the novice class would stand as good a chance for the cup as would any other titus paid over his money and led robin to the stall in the collie section corresponding to the number the steward had tied to the dog's collar 
after mooring robin's rope to the ring in his wire-partitioned bench and getting him some water jeff had leisure to take in his odd surroundings dogs 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 everywhere dogs more dogs than jeff had known existed dogs of all breeds and sizes from peak to st bernard the iron-girdered roof was re-echoing with their clangor they were barking or yapping in fifty different keys but all with the same earnestness jeff saw that each breed had a bench section to itself in the hall's centre to which the bench aisles converged were two wooden wire enclosures in each of which were a low central platform and a corner table and a chair on the tables were neat piles of red and yellow and blue ribbons alongside a record ledger handlers were everywhere busy making their pets ready for the judging crowds of onlookers had already begun to filter through the aisles jeff heard someone say that the judging was about to begin and that collies were to be among the first breeds shown End of section 12. Recording by Denise Nordell, Modesto, California.